0: What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here at the Super Creators Podcast, where we inter- uh, interview today's top uh, creative entrepreneurs in photo, video, and the whole creative field. Um, today, on this episode, I actually have a great guest that I've been meaning to get on, and finally, we got the chance. So, <laughs> today, Um, So first, before I do introduce our guest, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, So our guest for today has built a six-figure business in 13 months, his first year as a videographer, and now works with the world's largest marketers and online entrepreneurs, including Sam Ovens, Scott Oldford, Paul Getter, and many more. He is also on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of videographers around the world, the got camera crew. So I'm excited to introduce to you guys. Kyle, known as Kyle Got Camera. What's going on,
1: brother? Yo, man. How are you? Good,
0: good. How's everything on your side?
1: Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Excited for this interview.
0: Awesome, awesome. So where are you? Um, first of all, where are you located right now?
1: I'm at my house in La Jolla, San Diego, California.
0: Okay, so you're in Cali. For
1: yeah. some
0: reason, I thought you were from Florida. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, everyone thinks that because my name on Facebook is Kyle F.L., Which um, is my middle name and my last name, so it's Franklin Lasota. But uh, yeah, it just looks like Kyle Florida, so that's (laughs) probably why. (laughs) Yeah, everyone always says that.
0: Nope, nope. So then, um, just to give you know the listeners and viewers a bit of a backstory, um, the way that what I found out about you was first of all through Disrupt, and then through Anthony Delgado. um, We've kind of are in the same space, working with like different entrepreneurs and i've seen your videos around you know when usually when they send me like kind of an example of what kind of work they're looking for they'll send your videos over and i'll always no see sure. that the cow got camera like introduction and i'm like all right
1: <laughs> so, no way that's wild man that's yeah wild. yeah
0: so i usually get uh, i get to see you know some of your videos around and that kind of inspires <laughs> the, the work that i do
1: that's cool that's cool man sweet
0: so so then uh council so real quick so um right now what are you i mean you're right a videographer mainly that's that's your focus and then um so how did you get into the creative space was that like did you always like video was it kind of like a you found your way in there can you tell us a little bit about that like your your upbringing in in the creative space
1: yeah sure um when i was a kid uh me and my brothers would always make like home videos And I was one who edited them and uh, I found myself in my, like I had a laptop I got from school at like in sixth grade and it had iMovie on it. And so like we would make videos, I'd edit it on iMovie and I'd just like go ham, you know? And like I could be up all night editing a video. I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't sleep. And I was just, I would get in it, you know? And, um, That was just early on. I was always just having fun with it. And then when I got into high school, uh, I took a photo class. And then uh, I loved it. Like, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And then I eventually did the second photo class. Then I went to AP photo. Then I TA'd for photo class. And I found myself, like, senior year, I was a TA for photo. And I was in AP photo. And then I had lunch. And so I just skipped third and fourth period. And like go into the city in San Francisco where where I was living and um, just go explore and go take photos. And I'd always like go out with friends in the middle of the night to go like do night photography and all this different stuff. So when I was applying for school, um, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, what do I want to study? Yeah. And I thought about like what I'm going to do in life. And, and to me, it was just like, I have like I wanted to become a director I wanted to make videos because I was a skateboarder and I used to watch skate videos and oh, nice. ski you. videos and snowboarding videos and, and I remember always feeling inspired and like like I would watch a skate video and then I'd go out and skate yes. and I was like dude that and like they always looked like they were having so much fun and they were going on these adventures and and I just I think a part of me really wanted that and so I went to film school at CU Boulder. Um, and I applied to a couple other places. I applied to Chapman, which is where I really wanted to go. I think get in. I didn't even think about applying to NYU. I, I, I figured I wasn't good enough to get in. Um, and I went to Boulder and like the film school was like, uh, no offense to Boulder, but it was just like terrible. Um, and like they made me do film studies and they made mm-hmm. me film on like 16 millimeter and like super eight and like all this stuff. And all I wanted to do was make like real digital videos. Yeah. But like I had to jump through all these hoops to do it. And then I remember when I was working on one of these projects for film, I had to go to Denver to go to go get the project developed. And I was talking to the guy who was developing my, my footage and he said, yeah like oh that's so cool like I'm a film major or I was a film major at CU and it kind of went off in my head as an alarm of like oh my god this is my future if 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 I continue doing what I'm doing and then I was talking to my teacher my film teacher as well and he had said the same thing he's like oh yeah I was a film major at CU and then it like went off again and I was like that's a red flag like And what I realized the reason why these filmmakers weren't or creatives weren't doing what they wanted to be doing. And they ended up in this different like trajectory is because they didn't have any money. They were broke and they didn't have any business skills. And I had started studying entrepreneurship in college. I I minored in entrepreneurship. And so I started getting into the business stuff and I realized like, Oh my God, like, I need to go learn business. Like anything creative is 50% business, 50% talent. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I dropped out of school um, to go learn business, went into investment banking. Then I got into internet marketing. Uh, and I started traveling the world because I was location independent. And, but the, the, the issue was I was always running away from make, going back to videos. Like I had stopped making videos. And I never used a real like DSLR to make videos. I had done it for photos and I had worked with the film cameras, but I had never. So I didn't know where to start. And I was like afraid of where to start and how much it was going to cost to start. And everything in my mind was just keeping me from starting. And I was like, I have to make six figures. And when I make six figures and I'm financially secure, then I will go back to video. And I did that. I like, I got to a point where I was making six figures. Here's the only issue. The issue was the work that I was doing was like eating Mm -hmm. up my soul and I was living in a place of avoidance and Mm -hmm. running away from what I actually wanted to do. And so like the universe or God has a really funny way of, um, you know, bringing you back to the path that you're supposed to be on. And long story short, I uh, was running a media company. I was consulting with a media company and building their content department. And uh, I had just bought a new place in Newport beach and I, I thought I had made it right. But mm-hmm. the problem was all this stuff that was underneath and some stuff started happening within the business and the stress came up. Right. And I was drinking at the time I was going out, I was like not treating my body very well. And all those things on top of each other led to like a collapse. So like I had some health problems that started, I started experiencing, I started being really stressed. I started having digestive issues. I started having panic attacks, anxiety, things I had never experienced before. And the reason why I was experiencing those things just because I was running away from what I was truly meant to, to do. Yeah. And, and so that led me to leaving those companies, moving back in with my grandma and being bedridden for like three months and like going to all oh these different doctors, all the doctors telling me that there's nothing wrong with me yet I'm having all these symptoms and I couldn't figure it out. And then finally I realized like, like if I'm going to heal, if I'm going to get better, I have to do something that's fun. I have to do something that fulfills me. And the only thing that I know is video. So I picked up a camera and started making videos. And it's, it was weird because I was in this place where I, I I was sick, you know, and I, and I, the fear was if I make videos, if I go to become a videographer, then I'm going to have to start traveling like nonstop. And that's really hard on your health. And I knew that. And all the videographers I knew were they were sick, they were tired, and they were they were beaten up and worn down. And and I just I just I decided if I'm gonna do this video thing, I have to do it in a way that's conducive to a healthy lifestyle. Sure. And so from the get go, I decided to go high ticket. And I'm like, I have to charge a high ticket package and I have to work with people who have lots of money. And I have to be able to do one project in a month and be good for like, you know, maybe even two months, maybe even three months, depending on what type of lifestyle I want to have. But that will give me the security to actually take care of myself from a physical standpoint and get to do what I love. And so that sort of started my journey of like getting into video and how I set up my business.
0: Okay. That's awesome though. definitely I I resonate a lot with you um with you saying like how you got into video just starting like editing home movies and things like that Mm -hmm. and you know my story is kind of like similar I would just at the time like you know I also grew up skateboarding um I would do a lot of break dancing so this is when YouTube like just started I would grab videos from there and I would just like splice them up put like my favorite track and
1: I definitely no. did that. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> did that. Like animation. custom, custom edits.
0: Yeah. 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 And you know, and it's funny because at that time I never thought of it as video or video editing, or I just saw it as I like this, I'm going to do it. Like it had no name for me. It had like no like name or title. And then later on when I actually like got back into it, I'm like, Wait, I used to do this a lot when I was younger. Like, you know. But yeah, no, definitely the 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 love for video is there. And and it's important, one thing that you touched up on, which, which is going back to basically what you were meant to do or like your path. Because there's some people that they just they don't understand, you know, video or they don't see it, or but for us, like you said, it's it's like fun. You know, we just like doing it and the fact that we're able to actually uh, make a living off of it is actually is something amazing
1: but no uh, it's wild it's, it's 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 so beyond me um because i used to do this just for fun like you said and um i just you know when you have a knack for something or you have mm-hmm. like a um a calling to something it's just there's something there that's inexplicable but for whatever reason you engage in the process so much which makes you even better at it and the yep. better you get at it the more fun you have and the more fun you have the better you get yes. it's like a feedback loop like that
0: yeah yeah no definitely so i did want to touch up on one point because out of everybody i've interviewed the first one that mentioned it and it's about the the stress factor the stress factor of first of all doing what you don't like and knowing that that's not what, you know, what you live for, but then also the stress of the, of the videographer lifestyle. So, I mean, I guess a lot of people are like, you know, cause we're in the grind and we hear the hustle and things like that. But can you go like a little bit more deep to explain of like, how can we get away from the grind, the hustle, the always the late nights and not being always like super productive because I know I've, I've been through the same loop where it's like edit after edit after edit and then when you check your bank account it's still not matching up. So you're like overworking and then underpaid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a it, that it's a huge problem that I'm trying to solve with the community. Um the got camera crew is like um I feel like I, I'm the unit I'm a unicorn in the sense that like I don't know any other videographers who live like me or make the types of money that I make from the amount of time that I spend. Like there are probably people who make much more than I do as a freelancer, but, um, or maybe not, I don't know, but from what I can see, it doesn't seem like people are, but the one thing that I noticed is that everyone is working way harder than I am. And I went, I changed my value system from like, I don't value working hard. What I value is having a life that I enjoy. And the reason why people don't charge more and that they're the reason why they're working so hard is because they don't value themselves. They don't respect themselves enough to um, to give themselves that time because they don't think that they're worth it, right? And they also—it's also a strategy thing. Like they don't know how because no one's no one's ever told them or no one's ever taught them like that. There's a better way or shown them that there's a different way that you can do it because they probably collaborate or see other videographers like it's it 's actually really bad because I know that there's a lot of video influencers who I look up to or who I did look up to, and I watch their videos from time to time, and I appreciate who they are and what they do, but like the example that they 're setting is not a healthy example. It may be great for achieving greatness within your creativity and like i 'm creating amazing work, but like if that 's at the cost of your health then what 's the point exactly um, and so I think the way that we solve um, the problem of overworking and undercharging is by uh, reevaluating what we think about ourselves and what we think we're worth and packaging, pricing, and positioning ourselves in a way that's more compelling to our ideal customer so that we can um, serve them at a higher level and they can understand the value that they're getting from that higher level of service mm-hmm. so that um, the prices that we charge are justified and the clients are happy to pay it.
0: Definitely. So then, okay. So touching up on that, because it's, and you know, and this is, this is basically, this is why this podcast exists is to educate and to help out the community and let people like grow. If one person grows, we're all growing. Like there's no, there's honestly no need for like harmful competition. It's all friendly competition, you know, it's all bettering each other. So then, you mentioned about not understanding their value or understanding their worth and that's why they overwork. So then um, I guess, what kind of tip or suggestion would you have for like, how can, how can we take a step back? Like, let's say for me as a videographer, then how can I take a step back and actually reevaluate what I'm doing and then kind of like stop myself? And put myself in the position that I want to be in. Like, what
1: would this, be the this is the This is great. We'll do it for you right now. So, um, are you are you? We, we don't have to, but are you open to sharing like um a general pricing framework for where where you're at right now? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Cool. Huh. So, so, um, let's do it. You work with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yes. Influencers, people, social media, people, stuff like this, right? So what is your typical rate for when someone says, Hey, Manny, I need a video. Um, what it, what it like, how are you packaging that? How are you pricing it?
0: Yeah. So basically it's a good one. <laughs> so right now, honestly, lately it's been, um, let's say if they already have the footage and just need like an edit, mm-hmm. like don't need like a one minute video. I usually charge like a hundred, 150. Mm-hmm. They already have it. I just have to edit it. Um, if they need me like on the floor, usually like just to book the date, it's usually about like 200 to 20 um, just for me to be there. So let's say for like an hour and then it would be a hundred for the additional hour. That's usually how it would work. Um, and that's because like we haven't worked with like personally, directly with the influencers. It's usually either like you know alley to us so we're kind of working side by side with like another agency got it um so it's not like direct to consumer kind of price yeah
1: yeah 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 um,
0: and then lately so now it's kind of like for any job like video wise it's usually we're starting at 500 and then figuring out how we can do that so it's like if it's a shoot if it's one video it's two videos but we don't want to go lower than that because it's really not you know it's the same amount of time an effort to do something for $50 to do it for 500 so cool that's where we're at now but honestly it like you know and i'll be a 100% transparent it's something that i'm still like struggling with because i know that the worth of the work and the time is really not matching up to um what i Yeah because yeah, if you break
1: down the time you you'll be making like 5 bucks an hour yeah it's crazy so yeah so uh <laughs> this is great so um here's some quick things that we can look at. So number one, like, um, like I never take work that where I don't get to shoot. Like I will never edit someone else's work. I'll never edit someone else's footage. Um, And I only go direct. So like I'll never work like through an agency, Mm -hmm. always work directly with the client. Um, And that take, that requires more responsibility on your end because you have to go out and get the customer. You have to build the relationship. But what it does is now it's your relationship. It's not their relationship. Yes. Um, so those are the first two things. Number three, um, you're also doing anything and everything that will come your way, which um, is a huge problem. So what I teach is the three steps. Um, and the step number one is to pick a niche and then niche within the niche. So if you're working with entrepreneurs, you need to get more specific. I work with real estate entrepreneurs or, who make six figures and above. Or I work with um, social media influencers with 500,000 plus followers, or I work with fitness influencers who um, sell digital products. You know, like you need to have a very, very specific niche. And people think that they're niche just by saying, oh, I do music videos. No, mm. like you need to go way deeper than that. And the more narrow and more specific you go, uh, the, the better it's going to be because – what happens when you go when you niche within the niche is you can start to become the authority and the expert in that space, and people will seek you out as a specialist instead of you seeking them out as a generalist. The second step is you need to create a core offer, your irresistible offer. And that is a package that uh, you do over and over and over again. This is called productizing your business or your mm-hmm. or your value productizing your offer. So basically, you have one core offer, and that core offer is the combination of what you love to shoot, okay? What you love to shoot and what that very hyper-specific niche needs, right? So it should solve a six-figure problem, and you should love doing it. Because you're going to do it over and over and over again. So like you want to make sure that you pick something that you like doing so that uh, you don't get burnt out. For okay? sure. And you also want to pick a problem. That's a really big problem because when you solve it, that warrants you charging much more. So I charge or I, I um, fix six and seven figure problems. So I can charge way more then someone who just needs an edit. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense Fully understood.
1: And then the third part is once you pick that niche you and you go niche within the niche and you've created this offer based on what you love to do and what the market needs, then you need to go to the top influencer in that niche, and you need to do free work for them. If you do free work for that person, Um, and you deliver on a level that like in which you've never delivered with this amazing core irresistible offer that's built for that person that solves a six figure problem, then you are going to wow them. And what happens is when you work with the top influencer in the niche, uh, you get everyone underneath them for sure. And they're going to refer you to their friends and they'll probably even rehire you and pay you the next time. Um, because they enjoyed working with you so much. And so um, the reason why you're not charging enough and you're overworking is because you're a generalist. You're not taking control of the sales cycle uh, and you're using agencies to get your work. Um, Number three, you have no positioning and no authority. Uh, number four, you don't have a repeatable system that produces insane amounts of value that solves a big problem. And then um, number five, you haven't worked with the top, most influential people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you do all those things, your business and life will completely change. And so that's how you go from charging $100 to $10,000 and uh, for probably the same amount of work, if not less.
0: Yep. Yeah. I've noticed that. And no, I'm over here just burning up paper, taking notes. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, no, no. And that's honestly, like, thankfully in this last month, I can say that I've really, um, taken a step back and just evaluated the, the work that I've been doing and the work that I want to do. So I've really like, I've been kind of (laughs) stress-free for like this month. in, in a sense, because I really like, you know, because I've, I, I noticed that I come from, you know, like from an entrepreneur entrepreneur background before like doing video. So the mindset has always been there and I've always been that like, I have to do what I love doing because I love doing it. And yeah, if there's a way that I can monetize off of it, then I'm going to do it in a way that it makes sense, you know, because like most people say, like I saw somebody, they posted um, on their story the other day and it said, if you think that, by being an entrepreneur, you're going to make your own schedule. It's like, good luck, you know, because some people think that, okay, I'm going to run my own business and then I'm going to have so much free time. And then it ends up being, instead of a 40 hour week, an 80 hour plus week, you know, and it's because of that. It's because of what you were mentioning, like not doing it the correct way, not having that system in place and, you know, not niching down and niching within the niche. So um, yeah, no, so I definitely appreciate all of that um and then so you mentioned also about like positioning so how do you how does this one go about like positioning themselves in that niche or in that
1: yeah it's just a one-liner i do blank for blank right so like i make social media influencers i make fitness influencers or i help fitness influencers sell more products using video marketing
0: done you know so (laughs) so when
1: the right when the right person comes up you know when the right customer shows up on your page or like connects with you they're like tell me more Mm -hmm. right they're like i need what you have so let's talk
0: definitely yep yeah so basically so less is more in a sense when you're pitching
1: yeah i it's just like um, it, I call it um, attraction marketing. Mm-hmm. So like I want to draw my customers in and make them reach out and raise their hand and say, Hey, I have, I need what you have. And so um, the way that you do that is by being really clear on who you're speaking to. And you uh, you do that by simplifying everything and boiling everything down to its most basic components.
0: Got it. That's perfect. Thank you for that. Yeah, and it's funny. I The other day someone shared um, like an email that they received. That I guess they were trying to work with like a different um, like marketing company. And he just asked them like, oh, okay, so, you know, what do you guys do? Or like, how can you help? And he received like this whole like paragraph. And in the end, he was just like, all right, I call BS and, you know, I can't work with you because <laughs> it just looked like they were trying to like pitch and sell themselves so much that it was like, I don't, I really don't think you can do the job. Yep. So, but I feel like if it would have been just like that, like a simple one liner would have been like, all right, okay. That's what you do. Tell me more. Let's see how we can work together.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The simpler, the better, you know, the mind, the mind is already overwhelmed. So just um, make people's brain work as, as, Um, as little as it needs to to understand what you do and how you do it
0: yeah for sure so then so going off of that and like i guess branding yourself and promoting then what do you think would be like let's say now i'll I'll use myself as an example i'm I'm going into rebranding and restructuring like what i guess what would be the the mediums that i should be using in order to reach out to those clients and attract those clients. Like is, is it an Instagram yes. thing? Is it having a website? Is it going to conferences? What?
1: Yeah, so um, the most important part, this is like marketing 101, is when you get clear on who you're serving and how you're serving them and you've picked your niche and you, you created an offer for that person based on the research you've done of that customer and what you love to do and then you've identified the key influencers, you need to figure out where they are spending time, and then go there and be omnipresent in that location. I have a client named Scott Wilford who talks about, he's a, he's a marketing wizard, and he talks about something called the ROI method. That's his methodology. Mm-hmm. It's uh, relevancy, omnipresence, and intimacy. So for your customer, you need to figure out where they're at. You need to be, have a message and content that's relevant to them right? Or conversations that's relevant to them. If you're at an event in person, you need to be omnipresent, right? Because that that, that means you basically need to be everywhere at once. So mm-hmm. if um, maybe they're seeing you in a picture with one of their friends, maybe you showed up at this event, maybe you're on a podcast with someone in their industry, maybe like, it's like, being everywhere all at once in the ecosystem of where your person's attention is, mm. and that intimacy is like having deep and uh, deep connection within those conversations. So, like, not only were you relevant, not only were you everywhere, but you were also like you go so deep that the person understands that you really get them, and uh, there. And what that turns into is there's no other choice but for them to work with you because you just get them. Um, and you speak exactly to who they are and they won't exactly know why, but they'll just be like, I just feel like I I need to work with you. And like, I know we're going to do something together. Like I get these types of messages all the time. Like we have to work together. Like I just know you're the guy who's going to tell my story, you know? And, uh, and yeah, that, that's, that's where to start. I think from a marketing perspective.
0: Awesome. Yeah. No, no, I love that. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned like kind of being omnipresent because when you keep seeing the same person and you really don't know who they are, what they're doing, you kind of get intrigued. You're just like, man, he, he, all right. I seen this guy before he was in a picture with so-and-so and and now he was at this conference and he's over here and then you find out what he does. He's like, Oh, he makes, okay. He does video marketing for these people. And you know, you basically become kind of like a,
1: you become a, a celebrity. Yeah is is you're a celebrity to a select group of people so like for example you said when we got on this call like yeah i've been seeing your videos everywhere man mm-hmm. like everyone that i talk to they're like i want it to look like this and that's an example of being omnipresent right cuz exactly. you're you're working with similar people so they're all seeing my videos right which means i'm doing a good job of making sure people know who i am who who i need to be relevant with
0: yep no, no, that's for sure. And actually, I was I was gonna use the celebrity word, but just because of like the sound no. of it, you know, I no. like Shinoi, but it's it's true. It's what it is, and I've always noticed that. Like, um, you know, even even like just looking at different industries, like I always notice how people are like many, you know, like many famous people in their, in just like in that world, you know, like for yeah. photographers, there's amazing photographers that are known in the photography world yeah but if you talk to them in the general public no one knows nobody, who they are yeah nobody yeah. knows who they
1: are yeah they're meta famous
0: mm-hmm. so it's like you know i've always noticed that and i'm like okay so that's that's also shows the power of a niche and of a group and an organization you know like having that specific group of people who are in that you know world kind of
1: yeah Yeah. So I got a question Um, Mm -hmm. is like with your audience who people who are listening to this podcast, like what, what are those people like? Like, I want to get a better idea of of who we're speaking to. So like, I want to give as much value uh, to them as possible. So tell me a little bit about your listeners.
0: So most of the listeners are basically, I would say same like entrepreneurial creatives who are also you know, building their brand and ready to take it to the next level. So it's, it's, you know, those people who are like, who have the, who have the work ethic, who have amazing work, amazing talent. um, But just haven't been able to hit that peak that they're looking for.
1: Got it. Got it. Cool. That's
0: that's definitely, you know, and then that's why I said, this is more of like, it's educational because, you know, also for myself, I I love holding conversations, learning. um, But if there's anything that I can share, that's also like, you know what I'm here for because I've always noticed like when I started, I didn't have anybody to talk to. I really didn't have uh, you know, somebody to mentor, to teach, to guide, to, you know, show me the mistakes they made and not do it and things like that. And in this industry for at least for a while, what I've noticed is a lot of things are held in like secret. So it's like, if somebody's like making it or doing well, they usually don't share, you know, they won't share their, their editing secrets or their, you know, style or, how they're doing. So it's always been like a kind of like a separate thing. So that's why I'm like, I want to bring it together.
1: Yeah, it's kind of taboo.
0: Yeah, but I feel like it, it shouldn't be like that because, like you said, especially if we're niching within a niche, there's no competition.
1: There's no competition. And,
0: and there's there's seven billion people in the world. Like you only need ten good clients. You don't need them, you know. Yeah,
1: what I mean? like, yeah, and 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 I also believe like I like the competition. It pushes me to get better. You know, like that's another part of this whole like game. That people don't realize, or like they don't focus on. They're like, "Why am I not getting the deal?" Or like, "Why, why can't I get this client?" It's because your work fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're just not good, and like you have to be good. Like you just that's a that's a like a baseline of before we talk about niche, before we talk about positioning, before we talk about your offer, before you talk about any of this other stuff, like you just have to be really 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 good like whatever type of video you make like you got to be the best right because no one knows who the second best guy is that's true but everyone knows who the best is and if you're not the best then you need to work until you get to that point point. and by choosing your niche that is how you become the best as well like okay, you're good at making videos, but there's a million people on this planet who are good at making videos. Okay, you're good at editing. There's a million people who are good at editing, but who are you going to be good at making videos and editing for? There are not a million people who are good at making videos for real estate agents. Mm -hmm. There are not a a million people who are good at making underwater oceanography videos. You know, like it's just, it's that's where the money is and also that's where the the fame and the fulfillment is is like becoming what i call a category king mm-hmm. and then you just own this niche and you're the guy like my mission right now and we can get into this later but like i'm building this community the got camera crew and like the the purpose of the got camera crew is to teach videographers how to get uh, how to do these things, right? So, like, I want you and I want every other videographer out there, or photographer, whatever, to uh, make more money and have more time. And the reason why I want that is very selfish because I learned this from one of my clients, which is like, you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like play this game and you're gonna rise to the top, you better bring your friends along for the ride. Yep. And because Like, as I'm experiencing more financial freedom, as I'm experiencing more time freedom, I got no one to enjoy it with, right? So, and nothing worth doing is, uh, should, or excuse me, like, everything worth doing should be shared with people that you care about. For sure. And like, if we boil it down to like, why did you even really get into this in the first place? Probably because you really just liked making videos and it was fun. But like, when you get sucked into the rabbit hole of like endless client work and, and hard deadlines and staying up late and just making videos to make ends meet, then you're living in a scarce place and you don't even get to get the same joy that you got out of creating. And for me, like I, I love making my client videos, like don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. nothing makes me happier than making videos for myself. Yes. And I don't even need to show those videos to that many people. Like I want to share them with my friends. Um, if other people on the internet see it great, but like, it's the act of creating for myself just because I want to create that gives me so much joy. Mm -hmm. And so the goal with the community is like, okay, let's learn how to niche. Let's learn how to create an offer. Let's learn how to, to, to nail down those top influencers in this space. And then let's make some good money. And let's free up your time because you're not doing as many projects. And when I go to any country or any state in any country in any part of the world, I can make a post in the Facebook group and go, hey, uh, who's, who wants to go shooting today? And 10 people will hit me up from any city uh, saying like, hey, I got time or da-da-da. Or like, because they don't need to worry about the money. Because you know? they already made some with the 20 client projects that they did in the last six months. Um, and they, they have the time because they're charging high ticket and they're not doing 20 projects in a month and then we can just go shoot and be the creatives that we were born to be. And be free, and,
0: right?
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and create, create for the sake of creating, because guess what? When you create for yourself, that's where the inspiration comes. And then that's going to bleed into all your client work. And your clients are going to get better results. And when your clients get better results, you're going to get paid more. And when you get paid more, you're going to have more freedom. And when you have more freedom, then you get to shoot more for yourself. And it becomes this flywheel of amazingness. (laughs) Yeah. Like just fun and creativity and exploration and adventure. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's sort of what I'm about, uh, right now. That was a little bit of a rant, but, uh, that's,
0: but that's perfect. It's, I mean, it's, it's what we're all, it's what we all need. It's what we're looking for. And like you said, it's the reason why we get into it. Um, you know, and there's been times where like, I I had to think about it as well, where I would be like, man, I I can't, I couldn't do a shoot or I couldn't, you know, meet up with some friends because I had client work backed up or I didn't even have money to go out that day. And I was just like, you know, this is not, something's not right. You know, because the point of this is when I get invited to shoot, I'm gonna go shoot. And when I want to create something, I'm just going to go out and create because I'm not worrying about, um, you know, having to pay the bills cause they're already taken care of. So that's, that's important. So then you mentioned about the, the God camera crew. So then how can people join? How can they like, where can we find that?
1: Yeah. It's just a Facebook group, a Facebook community on Facebook, uh, and just type in the God camera crew and it should show up, um, or on YouTube. Got camera crew. I have some videos up there, a bunch of free content and it plugs into the Facebook group. There's a, a messenger bot sequence where mm-hmm. you just click the link and a uh, Facebook messenger comes up and it points you to the direction of the community. Dope, dope. Thank you for um, that. Definitely got to check it out. Yeah. And, and like the vision with everything is just like, okay, grow this global community. But then like on the YouTube channel, like I don't need it to be about me. Like, I see a lot of people giving advice and doing tutorials and stuff like that. And like, I don't like, I love sharing. I love helping. And I love teaching, but like, I also want it to be like, I want to bring in another videographer who knows more about gear than I do and have him do the gear reviews and be like, this is Johnny got camera, you know? And then Mm -hmm. like bring in James, who's like really good at editing be like, this is James got camera. And then Sarah, and she's really good at lighting. Sarah got camera. And then like everyone in the community can contribute and teach each other and it will just be this this place where as a videographer as a creative you can just come you can actually get the wisdom that you're looking for because what i found is when i was getting started i am all self-taught via youtube Mm -hmm. um a lot of people like no one's talking about this no one's talking about like how to structure your um your llc so that you can bring down your taxes and what state you should put your um, business in. And no one's talking about what scheduler to use so that you can manage all the admin that comes along with project management. No one is talking about, um, you know, how to process credit cards and create recurring payments via Stripe. Uh, and all these different like things that I've figured out um, that have to do with the business side of making the creative side work. Yep. Yeah. And so like, no one was talking about that. That information needs to be available. It's not sexy, but oh my God, is it so necessary? And makes such a big difference.
0: Yeah, no, no, for sure. And it's you know, now that you mentioned it, I'm thinking about it. And it's like yeah, it's true. A lot of times, like I've I've been back and forth with all the different like uh, schedulers and different type of like task managers, and you know, everybody's gone through Trello and teamly and teamwork and like all these like different things i'm trying to figure out like what's the best but it's like you know there was somebody who's if you're in that same like you know niche and work it's like okay this is is the simplest process like this is what i use this is how i label it get it done from from a to z
1: and it's it's it makes me a little sad because like a video about like five camera hacks in 90 seconds is going to get like five million views and then, like the video that I that I'll make about how to create recurring payments inside of Stripe, so that you can bill your customers every month with that, with just taking their credit card once and not having to send invoices, is going to get like fifty six views.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's I mean, well that that's also the reason why you know it, it's important. I thank you for you know for sharing that type of like information, and it's that people nowadays are going into creativity just for the, the, the sense of being, you know, the artist and being the creative and that kind of like that vision that, you know, like they say, the sexiness behind it, but every creative is a business owner, you know, and I feel like a lot of people, they don't understand that. Like, okay, you're creative. Then that means you have to understand business. You have to understand clients. You have to understand where you are in the market. So that your creativity can actually, you know, go somewhere and mean something. Um, Whether it's, you know, direct to consumer or they're doing online sales for themselves, you know, selling prints or whatever. But you still have to understand that there's a process and there's a way to go about it so that you can keep creating. So I feel like, you know, this is good for people to understand that, okay, we have to shift the mindset of you know, we are creative entrepreneurs and I think, um, Roberto Blake always says that, right. A creative entrepreneur, like, yeah, you use creativity as your, as your product, as your service. So you still have to know how to run that, how to market it, how to make money off of it. Absolutely. I hope everybody like makes that switch, you know, or like understands it (laughs) definitely for that. So then, um, I had one, I had a few questions, but one of them is, um, So high ticket, high ticket. I know a lot of people shy away from high ticket because of either positioning or value, but how would you say someone can get started like, you know, with high ticket prices? And then what is the, how can you pitch the value of high ticket? Because I feel like a lot of people like charge 5k for, you know, one minute video that's going to go on social media. Like, how do you actually like position that where the client's like, yeah, this makes total sense.
1: Totally, um, so first let's define high ticket. Um, I think anything above two thousand um, dollars should be considered high ticket. the packages that I sell range between five to to fifteen thousand um, dollars and the way that you position it is basically demonstrating the value um, but is so for example, a question I could ask you is like has a video that you've ever made resulted in more sales more in revenue than you charged exactly
0: yep no I, I know
1: <laughs> so uh, let me get, let me ask you just straight up like has there been, ever been a video that you made for a client that has created like a huge impact?
0: yeah, no, for sure i mean i there was one um, specifically uh, one entrepreneur who was doing a marketing package. Basically it was like marketing videos. Yeah. It was like a it was um I forgot you called that. The service was to teach it I think it was like physicians or doctors basically how to use how to like basically it was like lead gen and to bring in more clients and things like that. But they would contract him as like the the go to guy to make that happen. So obviously yeah a video that you know, to have to do the whole course. And then he would sell that for, for high ticket.
1: Yeah. So do you, do you have any idea how much like maybe he sold from the videos that you made him
0: right now? Oh. I, don't, I don't have that info.
1: Okay. So how much did, do you know how much he charged for the course for the coaching or whatever it was?
0: I don't remember. This is, this is a while back, but I have to I have to. Okay. All
1: right. It. Well the tip the typical course or coaching program can range anywhere from like 500 bucks to like 25,000 okay yeah. so let's say you is it possible that your videos helped him generate more than 10 sales
0: yeah for sure. okay
1: so um, if that's the case let's say it's 500 right like he's charging 500 for his course and he made 10 sales that means he made what he made five thousand dollars, right? So that means that we can, um, we can then intellectually and logically charge up to five thousand dollars, right? Because we know that we can generate at least five thousand dollars in value just from a, a financial perspective, right? But that's not even including like the lifetime of existency of this product.
0: No, of so like,
1: even though he's only made ten sales, he can make a hundred sales over the course of the next year from the videos that you make him. What does that mean? That means instead of making 5,000, he makes 50,000. So then we could actually charge a lot more. Exactly. Right. But we just need to document the results of our clients and show that to them so that they understand that we've done this before and that we know how to help them. In addition to that, this is, this is a, a mind fuck for anyone out there. So like, someone I imagine listening to this or watching this could say, Hey, um, that's great, Kyle, but uh, I don't work with entrepreneurs and business owners. So like, I don't see the direct impact of the, the value that I'm creating for them. Like I work with musicians, mm-hmm. you know, I make music videos. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. But muse- being a musician is still being a business. Right. And so if you're a professional musician, you need to make money and how you make money is by getting yourself out there getting people to listen to your music. Yep. So if i make a music video and 10,000 people listen to this music video or see this music video that doesn't sound like very much, you know, on the scope of like, you know, okay, i got 10,000 views, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But what if one of those viewers was the brother of a big time producer and then that brother shows the big time producer that music video. And then that person gets a record deal because you've made this music video for them in a way that was really compelling and showed off their skills and their music and sold this producer on booking that artist. Yeah. Right. Because if we can do that, then we can definitely charge more than we're charging. And then the second part is just because there's not a financial like direct ROI, We got to start what I call multi-dimensionalizing the value that we give. So like, for example, when you make a video for a client, if you do a great job and you do it in a timely fashion, what does that do for them outside of solve their immediate business problem of, Hey, I need content or I need a video or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, what it does is it reduces their stress. Yep. Right. And what happens when they reduce their stress? Well, they feel better, they feel happier, and they're more present with their wife or their spouse. What happens when they're more present with their wife or their spouse? They have a better relationship. What happens when they have a better relationship? They're nicer to their kids. What happens when they're nicer to their kids? Well, those kids don't grow up and become, uh, or those kids get to grow up now and become better contributors towards society. For sure. And what is the perceived value of that? Like, how do we price that? How do we put a, put a price tag on that value that we just created by making a video? We can't. You
0: can't.
1: It's priceless. So it, when we start multidimensionalizing the value of what we deliver in people's lives, not just from a financial perspective, but for, for their health, for their emotional state, for their relationship, for any other area of life, we can start seeing that wow we are really contributing a lot to our clients and we just need to give ourselves permission to ask for more
0: yep 100 percent. i fully agree on that even actually recently one of the last projects that i worked on was um basically i solved that that whole like emotional stress of like a time deadline and everything else and just like and you can see the shift of the client from like being like completely out of whack and like you know hysterical to being super happy and like you know living their best life just because I was able to get it done for them you know in a timely manner and it's and you know and also the effect of their relationship with you know with their client or whoever they were working with
1: there you go yes it's it's definitely big so like the my first advice is like number one is like just track like the impact of like the videos that you're making for your clients, document those in testimonial format and make sure you collect those and use them as leverage in your sales conversations and in your marketing. And then number two is to um, multidimensionalize the value that you're delivering so that you can really conceptualize and embody um, what you're worth and how big of an impact you're really making. And then number three would just to be double your rates right now whatever you're charging, double your rates because I know that you're undercharging. Like I could double my rates right now, you know, and uh, how much you charge is a direct reflection of what you believe you're worth. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're definitely worth more than what you're charging right now. So the, what you can do for yourself, uh, just, you know, give yourself this gift and just double your rates right now.
0: For sure. No, like I said, I I took this month to like, to really backtrack. So this is like the perfect way to, you know, to get, keep my mind focused and and to get it done because it's yeah, no, no. I really thank you for everything that you've shared so far. Um, and no, yeah. And I was just, just yesterday, I was, I was talking to my business partner and like about that. I'm like, all right, our rates are this, like, we're not doing anything less than that. I don't care because I can work at any place for that amount like I would literally be happier working at CVS or something for 40 hours and I'll make more than that. So we gotta, <laughs> you know, we gotta bump it up. So no, that's, that's definitely good. Um, so Kyle, I have one um, last question just kind of to, to wrap up. We're in that like one hour mark, but um, if there was one like takeaway, like one golden nugget that you wish that you can see the community uh, doing more of, or, practicing more of or understanding more of what would that one thing be? Like the one thing, like if they didn't pay attention to anything you said right now was one thing that they should like really just do and embody, like what would that, what would that look like?
1: It's a great question. Um, ask yourself the question, are you happy? Like at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, like on a scale of one to 10, are you happy? And if you continue that, uh, to ask that question, you'll be faced with um, the reality and you'll be faced with truth. And it was because it, you'll be looking at it right in the eyes, um, you, you'll start making changes if you're not where you want to be. Um, and th- at the end of the day, like that's all that matters. And if you're not happy, then why are you doing it? And you definitely didn't get into video to uh, slave away and to hate your life. You definitely got into video because you're a beautiful human being who enjoys being creative and has a gift that they that you need to give to the world. Uh, that is your art and yeah, just remember that and know that you weren't put on this planet just to suffer and to be, uh, bullied by your clients.
0: For sure. That is, thank you so much for that because it's I honestly think it's, that's one of the most important things to remember is the, are you happy because like you said once you ask it in your mind you're going to be like yeah I'm happy and then you're like no what part of me isn't happy and then yeah. like you said you get that conflict and then you can attack it you know okay yeah. why am I not happy I'm doing this okay stop doing
1: that I wish I wish I could answer this two ways though so like I'll yeah. give you the, the second thing which is like Um, something that really helped me. um, and the reason why I structured things the way that I structured them in my business from the beginning is something called initial conditions. So how you start something is usually like what shows up later on. And so I went into the intention of this business, trying to build something that was really lifestyle friendly and going high ticket from the beginning. So there's a two part. Number one, put constraints on your life and on your business because constraints breed innovation. So like the constraints I put is I have to go high ticket. It has to be lifestyle friendly because I'm having health issues. And what that did is it forced me to get creative and, Mm -hmm. um, think differently about how I could set up my business. So I would encourage you to put constraints on yourself. The second part is to ask better questions. So, Uh, Tim Ferriss is one of my favorite entrepreneurs and he's influenced me so much and he is the master of questions and a a great question to ask is like, what if I did the opposite for 48 hours? Right. Or what if I did the opposite of what everyone else was doing, which is a question I ask myself. All these videographers are tired. All of them are overworked. They're all traveling nonstop. Mm -hmm. What if I did the opposite? What if I never traveled? What if I was never tired? What if I barely worked? How how would that affect my business? How would I have to – what if I could only work one hour a day is a great question. What would I need to set up if I could only work one hour a day? And then I know someone listening to this is going to be like, well, I love my work. I love what I do. Like, yeah. like That's <laughs> not the point. The point is that it's an exercise, a thought exercise to get rid of all the stuff that's not important because if you could only work for an hour a day, then you'd only be doing the most important thing that, that really fills you up, that really loves you, that really juices you. Um, and I love working too, but I'm also asking myself that question all that time.
0: Exactly. Awesome. That's, that's amazing. That's definitely asking better questions. Uh, even while while you were mentioning it, I was like, man, it's true. Because a lot of times, like, you know, we go into that, into that kind of, like, flow state of, you know, what you see and then try to mimic and then at least be, like, in the same level with everybody else, but then you don't want to be there. So, to actually, like, flip it and to think different and to do something different, it's usually, you know, it's, a lot of people shy away from it. They're scared of it because they don't know, like, well, no, what are the results? You know, they don't understand, like, what could possibly happen, but I think, um, thinking that way, you can only get the best possible outcome, because you're you're being very intentional with your with your thoughts and with your actions, and not just like you know working kind of like nonstop without thinking.
1: Yeah, like intention is everything, right? Like everything I do has a purpose, and I will never not do anything without like really thinking about it when it comes to business, because. I know how easy it is to fall into that trap because I already fell into it and I suffered the consequences and I was punished for it. So I learned that lesson very early on. Definitely. That's awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I I think not only myself, like I'm, you know, I always have these sticky notes, but I'm like burning, like burning (laughs) through it. Got to listen to it later on. Um, But it's definitely, it's good information and it's so far for me, it's been super helpful. So I definitely know for everyone, um, that'll listen to this later. They're definitely gonna, you know, reevaluate what they're doing and and actually put put the right gears into motion so that they can grow as as creative entrepreneurs and and live the life that they were meant to to live as creators and not just slaving away behind a computer. You know, one thing that like um, you know, you even mentioning that is a lot of times I'll get people to say like, oh, you know, are you always working or it's it's so late at night? And I'm like, you know, I don't want to be that guy. That's up at 3am editing. I don't, I like going to sleep perfectly fine waking up and, you know, drinking my coffee and then like, it'll be 12 or one o'clock and then I'll start like working like that's, that's what makes me happy. Actually, like, you know, staying up all night for like, because of a certain deadline or something that's, you know, so I also want to like change that image. I want to be, you know, perceived as like, well, he's never working, but we always see work being produced somehow you know <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i mean i i feel like i'm in that zone and um i just feel i'm i'm the reason why i created the group and the community and stuff and why i'm like excited to come on here and share like i i'm definitely going to make it a point to get on a lot of different creative podcasts and stuff like that but it's just like i i just feel so like lucky and so grateful to have had the the struggles that i had like earlier, to force me to put those constraints on myself. So now I get to enjoy, like, what seems like not real life, you know. Yeah. And um, I hope to be that beacon of light for others. Of like, hey, like, um, it's, it might take some time. It might take some rewiring of your brain. Um, and some asking some hard questions and like looking inside yourself and also getting better at your craft. Uh, but there's a better way. And I would love to help you. And I would love to support you in that in that journey, because I walked the, the road alone. Mm-hmm. And there's this quote that is just it's been ringing in my head, um, sort of unconsciously, which is, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone if you want to go far go together yes
0: definitely I understand that a hundred percent and I think most most of my life has been the the go alone so I've been able to do things fast but (laughs) but not far you know so you know and and again I'll say it like I I fully appreciate everything that you you know that are doing and the community that you are growing because um, I feel that that's what's lacking is the growth community. And I feel like if we really like as a creative community, if we really come together, we're going to become this, this powerhouse and it's just gonna elevate everything. Cause it's going to be better for everyone. Cause yeah. R-
1: rising ships rise or like, was it? Rising tides bring up, bring sh- all the ships up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and also it's like, uh, What was I going to say? It's like you don't know how powerful you are as a creative. Like you're actually the one creating the most influential people in the world.
0: Exactly.
1: Like you're behind everything that's happening. Like with your photos, with your videos, with your art, with your media, like that is what people are consuming on a daily daily basis. And media controls attention attention controls the world and it's our responsibility as creatives to embody and allow ourselves to take responsibility for the power that we truly hold behind the camera and through our editing and uh and you guys have the have the possibility to change the world with your videos so yeah
0: no definitely that's uh, and that's something that um you know, that Anthony was always remind me of, and he's like, you know, the first time that we actually like worked together was when we went to Puerto Rico for the first time. And just from the one video of that trip that was, you know, and it was mostly like iPhone footage. It was like a little bit of DSLR, mostly iPhone, but just the story that it told, like moved so many people to even, you know, to help out in Puerto Rico, to move out there, to, um, you know, change their, their, their career paths and like what they're really like focused on in life. And, you know, it was like such an impact that I, myself, I didn't see it because I was just, you know, behind the, you know, with the blinders. But, you know, when he reminded me of, I was like, it's so true because of one, you know, piece of media, piece of content, um, it was able to impact so many people. So we really do have, you know, the power to change the world and to affect it. So, yeah, I can't, I can't play small anymore. I don't want anybody else, you know, playing small because we, we, we definitely do have a big role in, in this society and the way things are now is the creatives are the new superstars and, you know, the new rock stars and we're basically, right now, we have, we have everything that we need in order to, you know, do the best work that we've ever done.
1: Yeah, and with great power comes great responsibility.
0: For sure that's <laughs> one of the the best quotes,
1: but <laughs> Dad used to tell that to me every time I left the house, yeah, and, and so uh yeah i'll I'll leave, I'll leave you guys with that is that you you do have a lot of power, and uh, you were given the gift that you were given for a reason, um, and it was to use it and uh yeah, and so i I'm, I'm just excited to uh to to meet you i'm excited to help you grow and i'm so thankful that you took the time to interview me manny and Mm -hmm. uh so happy to meet you as well man
0: thank you and and definitely you know my my one of my uh, biggest things is everybody who i've you know interviewed i definitely want to meet in person and like create together because i feel that's going to make the the final like that's going to put everything together so we definitely got to make that happen
1: yeah where, where you based out of
0: Well, right now I'm in – so I just moved out to Houston. So I'm in Texas right now, but I'll be back and forth from Puerto Rico, Jersey. Um, We're looking to go out to Cali this year. Okay.
1: I'm going to New York next month. And um, so if you're in Jersey, maybe we can make something happen.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, let's see if if hopefully our schedules link up and then we can definitely do something. Cool, man. So, Kyle, one last thing. Um, So where can everybody – you know, find you or what's the best place to to connect with you?
1: Yeah, the best place to connect with me is in the Facebook group, Got Camera Crew. Um, if you want to find me, uh, my personal stuff, I'm on Kyle Got Camera uh, on any social platform. YouTube is also Got Camera Crew. Uh, that's where my content is, where you can like learn more stuff about video business. But um, yeah, I want to plug the the Facebook community because that's where the most value is, and that's where I'm going to be spending the most time going forward and, uh, that's where you can get the most help and you can get plugged into the community, not just for me. Uh, and that's really something I want to continue to emphasize. Like, it's not about me. Like right now I just happen to be like leading the charge, but it's going to be about we, it is about we and everyone involved in the community and helping each other out collectively.
0: Dope. So everybody heard it follow them on the Facebook group at got camera crew, right? That's like right. That I'll, I'll have it linked out here. So they can also uh, continue to link up with you. So Kyle, definitely thank you so much again for, for taking out time. And I'm definitely glad that we were able to get this, this podcast done and um, you shared amazing, amazing information. Uh, I can't wait to put this out and, and definitely link up in the future.
1: Yeah, man. Um, Me too. Thank you.
0: No, no problem, brother. So again, just for everyone uh, listening there, so this has been the interview with uh, Kyle from Kyle Got Camera and the Got Camera crew. And as always, uh, I remind you guys that each and every one of you are super creators. You just have to find your superpower. And as we heard, with great power comes great responsibility. So with that, I'll finish up this episode. And until next time,
1: take it easy.